It's our favorite time of the week as Raider great and radio analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins us on Unnecessary Roughness. And Lincoln Kennedy will be joining us in a matter of minutes as I'm sitting in the spot where Lincoln Kennedy usually is sitting, and that's in the David Hum broadcast booth here at Allegiant Stadium as the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award will be announced in probably about a half an hour, and hopefully eh, about 35 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, we're able to get Coach on the show, talk about receiving the award, what that means for him, what it means for the program, and what it's like for the Raiders to be so heavily involved in this Las Vegas community. Again, Lincoln Kennedy should be joining us in a matter of minutes here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, Jason in, in Maryland, Texas, Amit caused that fumble, not Webb, but Webb got it, uh, whatever it is. He looked as good in his limited action as he did in preseason. I can't uh, put a finger on it, but he's sticky. That's from Jason and MD. And No, Amit caused the fumble that Jayon Brown recovered. Right, if I'm if I'm correct, and I might not be, maybe you're right. Uh, Amit caused the one that Jayon Brown recovered. Webb caused the one that Darian Butler didn't recover. If I'm correct, I think that that is uh, how it shakes out. But either way you look at it, uh, the play wasn't made at the end of the game. And Sam Webb, I, I agree with you. He looks pretty sticky. I don't want to overreact to one game uh, in in the regular season, but I would like to see some more from him moving forward and that's really the question that we've been asking today on the show 69187 keyword R&R of course you can respond uh, that way by text and if you uh, hit us up when we don't have a guest on the phone at 702-365-9200 you can call in with your thoughts on what you'd like to see there's eight games that we know right they have eight games starting with Denver this upcoming week and I know Denver is an AFC West opponent so the players should have a little bit more juice but look the players should have juice each and every week that they get an opportunity to go out I know you can't always be on your A game and always uh, bring it every single time, but man, I mean, you've got to be able to you've got to be able to find a way to get fired up and pumped up and come out of the gates swinging, right? Come out of the out of the locker room, uh, hair on fire, ready to roll. That's been one of the biggest issues I've seen from this team so far this season is just the slow starts, right? I mean, you get fired up, the crowds, you know, yelling and screaming and excited that you're you know playing another game, and then it's just it's just flat, a flat start, you know, and it's just it's just something that I think that they need to find a way to jumpstart and get things going. And it, it always always confuses me because, again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, these guys, they, they script the first, you know, 15, 20 plays offensively. Defensively, a lot of times the Raiders' defense comes out of the, the, the locker room pretty pretty wound up, you know, gets off the field pretty quickly, gives the, gives the Raiders' offense an opportunity, and they're just not able to – get it going and then when they do get it going they have a nice little stretch and then all of a sudden that fades away you know of course there's other examples like the jackson jacksonville jaguars game they started pretty strong it didn't finish strong i mean it's just you know it's just the the consistency or the lack of consistency has not been there with the silver and black uh we got another text from uh the 909 raider nation we were headed in the right direction with Gruden. Carr was thriving in that system. Players were bought into the coaching. It was all taken away from us because of emails. Unfortunately, we just got to ride this one out again and hope this coaching carousel is over with McDaniels. And, it, it, I mean, you know, it, it's, again, it, it, it sucks to say that, you know, the reset button has been hit again as far as, uh, you know, this, this coaching staff and, and, and these guys putting together uh, their vision for this team. You see talent. You see the – you see the parameters of talent, right? I mean, it's funny, as we're now in week 10, I can look at the roster and say, yeah, okay, that's, that's not, you know, as, as good as I thought it was going to be. And that's not, 
that's not going to be able to be disguised. Like the offensive line, for example, what I mean by that is, okay, I know the offensive line is not where it needs to be, but they have enough skill players to kind of make up for it. Well, <laughs> I guess I was wrong, right? And we had a call earlier talking about Thayer Mumford and would like to see him more and see what they have in him. I'd love to see that. I really would. You know, I, I know that they've been working on this rotation. I know Illuminor's been getting a lot of the starts. I know Munford comes in in jumbo packages. I'd like to just see Munford. I really would. And that's not a disrespect to Illuminor, but I think we know who Jermaine Illuminor is. So let's see what they got in Thayer Munford. Let's see what they got. I mean, we kind of know what they have in Dylan Parham, right? I mean, that, that was their third-round pick uh, out of Memphis, and he, he looks the part. Is he 100% where he needs to be? No, not at all. But he's getting valuable reps, and I feel like he's way ahead of – you know, an Alex Leatherwood, for example, right? What Alex Leatherwood was a year ago where there was a lot of confusion and you could tell that he wasn't comfortable in who he was at tackle or at guard. I feel like Dylan Parham is way ahead of that. So now you got to keep keep building, keep building that. If it, You know, the offensive line has got to get fixed. It just has to. Uh, Derek Carr is not a guy that's going to be – Bad offensive line friendly. What I mean by that is, you know, uh, try to create on his own. If the offensive line breaks down, he's going to be able to create a lot on his own. I mean, we just – we talk about it, and, and I always say that, hey, we just got to get over the fact that he's not going to be that guy. He's not going to run around, uh, keep too many plays alive with his, his legs. And as soon as I do that, then he'll go and pick up five first downs with his legs. And then it's like, all right, well, maybe. But ultimately, he's just not that guy. He, wa- again, wants to do everything he can from the pocket. And when he climbs the pocket like he did on that nice touchdown pass to Devontae Adams, I mean, that's, that's great, you know, because he has that ability. And there's been multiple people that have called in and said, hey, Derek Carr, when he climbs the pocket and, you know, keeps the play alive with his legs and then he's able to, able to throw that, that dime, he's pretty accurate. So uh, I'd like to see more of that. But ultimately, and I know Lincoln Kennedy, who's our guest coming up right now, he said it multiple times himself, Derek Carr's just not that guy that's going to keep plays alive with his legs. He doesn't. He wants to beat you from the pocket with his arms. Speaking of Lincoln Kennedy, he joins us now on the phone lines. And, Lincoln, I'm, I'm where you're normally at, man. I'm in Allegiant Stadium. I'm in the David Hum broadcast booth right now. I'm getting excited for this uh, Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year award to be given out in a little while but you got a pretty good seat here at Allegiant Stadium when you're here broadcasting it's nice isn't it it's the, one, it's, it's the best vantage point in the house I get to see all 22 with no and no dis, uh, distractions whatsoever it's a beautiful beautiful spot I love it yeah, it really is, man. Uh, you you guys have got a, a, a great booth here. They've done some fine work here at Allegiant Stadium to set you up for an ultimate broadcast. And, of course, the ultimate broadcast would be great if the Raiders are picking up W after W after W, which hasn't happened as they lost to the Colts on Sunday. And we kind of know what it is. We had the Raider roundtable earlier today with JT the Brick, yourself, and myself, and it's out right now. So I encourage people to go check that out But after the show is over. But, uh, Lincoln, you've said it so many times about Derek Carr and him just not using his leg. He, he's just ultimately we can ask and yell and say that we want to see it ultimately we're not going to see it very often it's just not who he is no it's it's exactly right and, and i realized that a long time ago and look to be honest with you there's nothing wrong with it right you have to understand you you have to do what you have to do with it i i don't think there's anything wrong with it i think he could be more productive if he did it but you know you can't put a a, a square peg in a round hole and expect to you know expect to have it and no matter what you do or no matter what success he's shown when he's done it and had success from it, he's just not cut of that cloth. And, look, to be fair, everyone's got their reasons for why they did things. You know, I remember when I got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, I was part of the run and shoot. June Jones was the head coach, and what he wanted to do is he wanted the tackles to set out 45 degrees because they had a little short rollout when the center took the ball, whether he was rolling out left over the left guard 
or rolling out right over the right guard. He wanted to extend the pocket. So he wanted guys like our tackles to set at 45 degrees. Well, you know, coming from the, the, what I came from and the way I learned football, I didn't like to do that because I felt it exposed your inside more than your outside, and it gave defensive ends two ways to go. So we knocked heads. And long story short, June ended up winning because I ended up leaving Atlanta. I wanted to get the hell out of run and shoot. But, you know, that, that's, that's how I became a Raider, and that's, you know, story is, is history from that point. I say that to say this. You can't force somebody to do something they're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're dealing with. And with that being said, you have to figure out other ways of getting, you know, to make him, make him productive. And I've often suggested on the broadcast, like, you got to get the ball out of his hands quicker. You, you, you got to have short routes. Stop trying to stretch the field short, intermediate, and long. Short and intermediate is what you need to do and have them be more effective that way rather than, you know, trying to push things downfield. With going into the season, knowing the offensive line was going to be a struggle, we talked about it a lot of times. Are you surprised that there's not more short and inter- intermediate passes and, and, and plays being called right now? I think when, what happens when you have a player of Devontae Adams' ability, when you have a player that, like Matt Collins, who doesn't have, like, you know, cheetah like speed, but has pretty good speed to break away, I think you get a little bit overzealous when you're play calling, mm. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. It does. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. For a few weeks there, the Raiders were looking like one of the best running teams in the league with Josh Jacobs. What's happened, and have they gone away from it? Why has the run game not been as effective in the past few weeks? No, they haven't gone away from it. As a matter of fact, they still try, and they still try very hard. The problem becomes is that when you bring a safety down in the box, you force your receivers either your X to Z, and you'll see it in short motion when they come to the end of the line of scrimmage, or close to the line of scrimmage, um, they have to go in there and dig those safeties out. And what I mean by that is they have to block those safeties. So one, one or two things happen, uh, and it has happened to the Raiders. There have been defenses that have done a better job at shooting and protecting the gaps in between the tackles where the Raiders are trying to run. And then also you've come up against some pretty good corners who are good open field tacklers who have been able to take down Josh Jacobs. So it's just a whole lot of people uh, to try to you know block, and more importantly, there's always going to be one where the running back's going to have to be accountable for, whether it's a safety or a corner. You can only block so many people. Talking again with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Lincoln, sticking with the offensive side of things, Matt Collins to me uh, just seems like he's still trying to learn the playbook, and he's just not quite sure where he needs to be. I've, I noted back in the Jaguar game, Carr having to tell him where to go. Notice some routes didn't look like they were as crisp as they should be. Does it look like he's just still struggling to pick up this playbook? I, I, I think that that can be you know part of it. I also think that this is why I think everybody needs preseason. You see what I'm saying? The, yeah. the, the fact is, is that there's a lot of things that players work out with one another the more they play with one another. And the fact that coming into the season, you know, Mac wasn't probably expected to be the starting receiver, the starting X or Z or whatever, opposite of Devontae. But now that he's been thrusted in a row, in this, into that role, you know, look, I certainly feel for the guy because this guy runs routes. Here and and the, the, the receiver roles that he plays runs the longest routes. They run the furthest down the field. And he has to still come back and play gunner on punt. And, and last week was, you know, just and, and on special teams. So, I mean, he must sleep very well at night. I, I, I really appreciate it. But I don't, you know, I don't know enough about Matt Collins' history to know if he is a good route running receiver. Haven't had a chance enough, uh, enough time to study him. I know he's kind of been thrust in that role because they didn't have anybody else. So now they're just thin. I mean, right. you're thin at the position. You have to make the best of what you have. 
Vinny reported yesterday, and we talked to him about it a little bit on the show yesterday, about uh, frustrations with Waller not being available. We know he's on IR. He's going to miss at least three more weeks. How frustrating from a player's point of view would that be for you, knowing your big-time player is just not available for one reason or the other? It, it wouldn't be frustrating to me at all, and the reason why is because if he doesn't want to be there, I don't want him there. Okay. <laughs> so, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it does. It does, and it's just to me, it's strange because he gets paid, you know, in the in the off season. It was something that obviously the regime wanted to make sure he got and wanted to make sure he was part of the offense moving forward. And then it just, you know, the hamstring, whatever the case may be, it just seems like some there's some kind of disconnect, and so it's got to be disappointing. Well, I would say this: there's not a time when you're playing sports, and for all those who know to play the game, where something doesn't hurt. Or right. something is an agitator, aggravated, mm-hmm. but you got to try to work through it. If your heart is to be on the field and be the best you can and help your teammates, you'll find a way to get out there. If and, not, then not. You know, and then it just yeah. goes like that. I mean, I've never seen a hamstring take this long, but that's just me. I, right. I can't say I'm not going to sit there and say you know what if he's in pain or he's he's faking or I'm not I'm not 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 saying that at all. And gotcha. I don't want anybody tweeting yeah. me saying that crap either. I'm not saying that. <laughs> right. I'm just saying it's all about heart. And there's times where you got to put your feelings aside. If you want to be out there, you'll be out there. You'll make it happen. And 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 if and if you don't, you don't. And my thing is, is after three weeks of going nowhere, and then they put you on IR, are you down for another four weeks? You don't want to be in here. You don't be in here. There it is. All right, Lincoln. Uh, going again, going back to Derek Carr's statements after the game when he's saying that you know, hey, what the players have to do to their bodies just to be able to sleep at night. And obviously, he's taking shots at some players on this team. And I'm not going to speculate who he could be talking about when it comes to the buy-in and the disconnect with his team. Are you seeing that on the field when it comes to a team that's maybe just like not having the camaraderie or just a team that's not fully together? This is a young team, and this is a team in many respects you can say has been thrown together. There were pieces that were on this team right now that weren't there last year, the year before, and so on and so forth. So you can make any estimation you want about camaraderie or the closeness of the locker room or however you want to look at This is also a new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. The new coaching staff being coaching, coaching new players. I mean, so there are a lot of intangibles when you come into creating a good mix. I'm not there to say that they're not close. What I'm going to say is that on any, any given play, I can at least see one or two mental errors or one or two physical breakdowns. On any given play. And with 11 guys on the field, if that happens, chances are you're not always going to be successful. And that's what the problem is with the Raiders. They're the, the lack of consistency. What they're good at is being inconsistent. Sometimes we'll see flashes of brilliance. Sometimes we'll see flashes of such promise where you think they can beat anybody and everybody. And then other times you're sitting there scratching your head like, how did that just happen? <laughs> how, how did Derek Carr just go a whole quarter without completing a pass? How did right. he just have three, three and outs? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's instances like that where it's not you're not putting the blame on one person. I'm just saying collectively, yeah. this team is inconsistency because collectively, not everybody plays at the same level at every time. Right. And, you know, Lincoln, it's funny. I mentioned it earlier on the show today that, you know, during the, the preseason and training camp, and I realize it's a di- different entity, but it was, you know, no mental errors. It was a, 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 you know, concentration on no mental errors, no turnovers, no pre-snap penalties. And then you get to the regular season when the lights are bright and it's happening. So it's almost like it was easy to do it in training camp preseason. But now that it's the real deal, it's all of a sudden hard to go through with that. Don't think for a second that these players don't feel the pressure that the Raider Nation, that the, 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 the fan base, that they're putting on themselves, their families putting on themselves, the media is putting on them. Because everyone, I mean, I mean this, everyone expected the Raiders to have a better record than they do. Mm-hmm. So don't think for a second there's not pressure on these players. 
No, I, I remember the, the dismal years that, you know, I, I think I had a 3-13, and and I know I had a 4-12 and because that was my last season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I might have had a couple of them. I remember, you know, probably about, I say, the 4-12 the season after the Super Bowl, I remember we played somebody, and Bill Callahan made a comment on TV about we got to be the dumbest team in America. I remember who it was. I remember that. But we were in the locker room, and I remember watching C. Wood walk right by me, and he said, what do you say? And I told him what he said because I heard it on the TV behind me, and he was like, oh, I'm done. When you hear that, you know people are checking out. Right. You know the coaches just lost the room. Okay? Yep. And so you, what do you expect for the remainder of the games? You're just trying to get through it, trying to figure out where you're going to go and, and uh, which island are in Jamaica in February, you know, for vacation, you know, yep. because it, the season's over. I'm not saying the Raiders are there yet. I don't want the, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there. For example, you don't want people to quit. And I'm hoping that this team doesn't quit. But it does seem a little bit dismal and a little bit grim when you see the same mistakes over and over and over again, and there's no correction. And that's from top to bottom. That's from coaching to playing everything else. It's not just one entity or one part or one piece. Right. You're undermanned. You know, you're underexperienced. And sometimes you're out-executed. You know, when you have a, a geriatric quarterback run for you with 36 yards, there's something wrong with that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Facts. Big facts. Yep. <laughs> hey Lincoln, I know there's only eight games left at two and seven now. Like people should like playoffs is the last thing should be on anybody in Raider Nation's mind. But what would you consider a set a success going forward with these at least these last eight games? Win one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Start with one. one. Start, start with, with one. one. Yep. Start with one. Yep. Win one. Okay. This past month we're against opponents. I think we can unanimously agree we expected the Raiders to be. They're right. One and three. Right. One exactly. Three. So, yep. you know, when you talk about success, remainder of the season, I'm not looking for the remainder of the season. You know, I, I, I'm thinking about where I'm going to go on vacation because I can afford to do that after the season. But you know, I'm talking about <laughs> the these guys, you know, I, and I got to still call these games. So I'm talking about you want to sell the short feeling success, win one game. Right. Enjoy that. Yep. And then if you win two, that's what they call a streak. If you win three, you've got something going. There you go. There you go. Then you're cooking with grease. I like to say it. you're exactly. cooking with grease. Lincoln, let me ask you this. You mentioned about guys, you know, checking out, and I'm not saying at all that anybody's checked out, but uh, what what's your concern level when you see an inactive list on Sunday and you see rookies, Neil Farrell, you see Matthew Butler, those guys are, are healthy scratches. And then Clee, who you feel like he's in the final year of his, his, his deal with the Raiders anyway, is a, a, a healthy scratch as well. What are your thoughts when you see, especially, the young guys the most surprising one was Clee because I thought Clee was actually playing pretty well I mean mm-hmm. trying to do it I mean you see him out there giving effort he might not be you know the, the greatest of it but he's right. giving effort and he's doing a special team so I I would I, I thought that was the, the probably the biggest surprise but you know for me there comes a time where you're not you're going to see opposite where you're going to see veterans healthy scratches and not necessarily rookies because or young guys because you're going to need to see what you have they've got a lot of young guys playing and you can't you can't just overall your roster with just nothing but youth and, and, and experience out there, um, especially on game day. It's unfortunate. So it's a little bit of a juggle. I'm not surprised. Um, the the thing is, I'm not so much surprised by the healthy scratches or the scratches because uh, you know they're, they're rookies or inexperienced or just coming off practice squad. I mean, you cre- do that for depth and make sure you have available in case anything else. It's it's the IR. The the number of guys that are on IR. Yeah. I think they're third in the league with like 14. Mm-hmm. That to me is crazy. 
Yeah, that's a big number. It really is. And, of course, there's some big-time players on IR right now, like Nate Hobbs, like Devon Diablo, Darren Waller, and, of course, Hunter Renfro, uh, amongst others. So, yeah, that's that's definitely a big deal. Uh, Lincoln, it's always great, man, catching up with you. We definitely appreciate you. It was fun today, uh, the Raiders Roundtable with JT and yourself uh, earlier. Of course, that's out right now. But thank you so much for your time, my man. We'll start to turn the page and look towards uh, Denver on Thursday when we catch up with you. Boo, hate the Broncos. <laughs> but okay, we got to do it, we got to do it. Yeah, no worries, guys, appreciate it. Appreciate you, Lincoln. Great stuff right there. It's the great Lincoln Kennedy joining us like he does each and every Tuesday and Thursday. Great stuff right there. Great breakdown. I'll tell you what, today's been a day full of great breakdowns. Man, I don't know what we're going to do for an encore performance tomorrow, but, uh, hell, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, enjoy what we're doing today. 420 is the time. We're here at Allegiant Stadium. The Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award is going to be announced in a matter of minutes. I'm seeing chairs lined up right now on the Coors Light Landing next to the Al Davis Torch, so I'm assuming that that's where the ceremony is going to happen. And then, boom. Send the coach right up here to me because we're worried about the show. That's all we're worried about here. <laughs> worried about the show being on time and everything working out the, the way we want it to. But if not, no worries. We'll definitely get coach on the show at some point to talk about being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year. And so, of course, we got more sounds uh, from the locker room. We got Richard Seymour, the Pro Football Hall of Famer. He had his number uh, put up on the Hall of Fame wall here at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Got to talk to him for a few minutes. And uh, we got more. More sounds from the locker room, plus texts and calls to get to. Plenty to get to in a short amount of time. I'd like to say we're at Allegiant Stadium. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. This might work out perfect. I love it when the plan comes together. It's like the A-team, right? That's what we talk about. Show's over at 5. I'm at Allegiant Stadium right now. Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award is about to be announced. This is really cool. The team that the coach is from is on the field right now. And coach has no idea that he's about to be announced as the award winner of the year. This is great. They're trying to get everyone's attention so everyone can pay attention to what's going on here. The team is all rallied on the field. And anyone who's played high school football or watched high school football, when coach is talking, everyone takes a knee and looks up right, right after the game. You always take a knee and look up at Coach, and they're huddling around in a circle right now, and they're about to announce it. I'm sure you're going to hear a big roar when they give him the uh, the award, and hopefully he's going to make his way up here after that. So I'm excited. It sounds like things are about to come together. <laughs> I love it. I know it's sick that I'm, I get so excited about good radio, but that's what we do. Bad radio, not want to do. Good radio, love it. Speaking of good radio, let's go out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Fish and Berkeley. What's on your mind, brother? Hey. hey you know what? Before I uh, launch off into what I really called to talk about, <laughs> I just want to compliment you two and blame you for my, uh, if you like that, a compliment and blame you for my little <laughs> slip-up. My frustration led to a slip-elation yesterday on the horn. But you know what it is? You and Devon, y'all do such a good job interacting with one another and with us. Man, I forget that I'm not, you know, at the tailgate. I'm not at the watering hole. I'm not at the filling <laughs> station talking Raiders, baby. So, right. you know what? My fault. Now, no problem. Let me no just problem, brother. Into what I want to talk about, okay? okay? So, let me throw some names down, okay? Right. We got John Madden, Tom Flores, Jack Del Rio, John Gruden, Rich Basaccia, Art Shell, the first time. These cats have something in common, okay? Because here, what I need everyone to understand, especially maybe some staff members of the team, listen, 
it's not all about X's and O's. It's also about Jimmy's and Joe's. Yeah. So, Coach McDaniels, please, okay, listen. You can't just hit them over the head with the X's and O's because real coaches do two things. One, they inspire and motivate the players. And two, they allow players to be individuals underneath the overall system you want to implement. So if we ain't got the horses right now, okay, to do exactly what you want them to do, then why don't we change it and, in other words, put a different saddle, okay? Right. I got that's, that's all I'm saying. But anyway, thank you, uh, you know, for giving me the time. And I apologize about yesterday. And, hey, show up, show out. Holler, uh, maybe just win when you go out. Let's go, Raider. <laughs> there he goes. Raider Fish in Berkeley. Always love the personality, man. Love the flavor that you bring to the table. And, now, every once in a while, slip-ups happen. But, uh, you know, we got to make sure that uh, DeMond's Johnny on the spot when they do happen. And he was. So, you know, no harm. No foul, but uh, we do appreciate you and your your feedback. And yeah, that's 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 a lot of it, right? That's a lot of it that I think we've talked about quite a bit, especially on the defensive side of things. If guys can't do exactly what you want them to do, you've got to be able to just, hey, this is what they do really well. Let's go ahead and and you know emphasize that. Now, you know, when it comes to some of the guys defensively, especially some of the one year guys that they gave these deals to. Uh, they were hoping that they were going to be able to be kind of Band-Aids and be masking tape and be able to, you know, just fill a certain void, and it just really hasn't worked out. Like Anthony Averett did some good things in Baltimore a year ago. Eh, not so much, you know, this year with the Raiders. Uh, he was obviously injured to start the season, but it just hasn't panned out the way that, you know, they were looking and hoping to do. And so uh, the defense is very vanilla right now. I mean, you know, everyone talks about simplifying things. Look, you can't simplify anything anymore. I mean, you can go man up all the time, but Lincoln Kennedy brought it up on our Raiders roundtable earlier today. The reason why they don't go man up all the time, how many hands-to-the-face penalties have they got? How many illegal contacts penalties have they got? How many pass interference penalties have they got? Okay, drop them in zone, make them keep their eyes on the quarterback and keep their eyes on everything in front of them, and, well, that's not working out very well either. It's very soft, and, of course, the middle of the field is wide open. That's where the Raiders need to really pay attention. And going back to what Tom said, spend $340 million on defense, and I don't know how much money they can spend on defense. I'm not a mathematician. I'm not, a, I'm not the guy who's in there calculating the contracts. But what they do need to do, I don't give a damn how much money it is, what they need to do is spend a lot of money on de- – or not spend a lot of money, but just make sure they have an emphasis on defense and get the right guys in there to do everything that they need because that, that's one thing that I hear JT talking about all the time is the middle of the field wide open. And it's just too easy. It's a pitch and catch. And they cannot have that. They've got to stop having that that uh, situation where right between the linebackers and the safeties, there's a big chunk of real estate that says, here, throw me here, and I'll be wide open. And that's unfortunate, but that's what's been going on. So they have to have an emphasis on the defensive side of things, whether it's in free agency, the draft, or both. They've got to get it done. I I talk about Matt Rule all the time, and I know he failed in Carolina. I get that. But you know the one thing he did do when he got to Carolina? He said, this defense stinks. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to get as much defense as possible. And I'll tell you right now, you look at Carolina's team, they got some defensive dudes. They got some dudes that could play defense. Now, they never had a quarterback. The whole time he was there, he failed to find a quarterback, and that's on him. But he sure did find some defensive players. They spent a whole draft, the whole draft, on defensive players. So it can be done. You can go out there and have a big emphasis on the defensive side of things, and it works out. Rule did it. 
again, he failed in other areas, and that's why he's going back to college, and it'll be a, probably a coach in Nebraska or somewhere else, maybe Auburn, who knows. He's going to make a whole lot of money to turn another program around because that's what he does. He just failed in the NFL, and sometimes that happens. Let's go out to Eddie in L.A. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? How you doing, Q? How you doing? So, Chilling, yeah, man. No, no, no slips up for me. <laughs> but, uh, it's getting harder and harder after games like this. So we talked about a couple of things. Link, uh, Link alluded to, uh, you know, putting a round, uh, a square peg in a round hole. And uh, and all. And you let off earlier about talking about what do you want to see from them. We t- we had this discussion last week, right? We want. I was uh, I was adamant about wanting to see improvement. We talked about uh, uh, Josh McDaniels. Okay, you can only you can you can uh, you can only pass judgment of what he's done this year, right. not from what happened players last year. This is why I place most of the blame on what's going on with our with our uh, our team struggles on the coaching staff because they're the, they're the ones that uh, the coaching staff in the front office they're the ones that brought in these players. Okay, they they okay. They, they made this conscious choice of getting ran, uh, letting go, letting walk certain leaders of this team. They helped keep the nucleus of this group together last year to what they went through, okay? The, you, you can say Rich Bisaccio, you know, uh, he elevated these guys. He had, they had his respect, but that was the whole point. He wasn't, that good, he wasn't a good enough coach, in my opinion, uh, for them to have kept them and, and go into a new direction. Um, but he was able to inspire them to keep them together. Right. This, is, this is what I'm not seeing this team do, not only on offense, like with Josh McDaniels, but on defense. I mean, you saw it when you, you – how many times have we seen years before when you've seen them being good at the run, being good at the run. They're just one play here, one play there, boom. Then they take off for 70 yards, 60 yards, 80 yards. They, twice it happened yesterday. One from an old-ass quarterback that I think I can run out of him, and I'm extremely out of shape. I can run faster than he can. And, you know, you've got a running back that seems to always – every time they're hurt and they come and play our, our team, it's like they, get, they catch their second win, and boom, there they are good. These players are not believing in this in, in this coaching staff. And we, we there was a couple callers that asked fundamental questions. You're you're absolutely right. You can't keep changing coaches. But this is what I'm trying to ask: What is it going to take before we before management before Mark Davis says there's a mistake? Now uh, you got big names that alluded to Woodson when when uh, um, you know he, the head coach just forgot his name. Callahan. Yeah, Callahan. Called the you know dumbest team in America. What yep. do you say? Oh, I'm done. Yep. Okay. You got Derek Carr coming out there, breaking down, talking about how there's players out here that are doing everything they can to get get on that field, to be right there, to be in that fight because they're out there too playing for one another. And there's other people that they don't care. Then they ask the same question to the head coach, the captain, and he just completely says, "Well, he doesn't even address it." Well, you're going to have to ask him. That is not a leader. A leader well, he said, he said, Eddie, he, his response was, I don't know the players that he was talking about. I understand. But what do you send to the players that are feeling the same thing that Derek Carr is feeling? What are you saying to them? That you're not seeing that? You know, if he would have said something like, I would, I, I, uh, I would be right there with you if he would have said something that says, we keep those things in-house, so I won't discuss that out. That's it. As if I was a player, I think that is just, okay. At least he's acknowledging that there's an issue. He's not going to go out and throw it out there and throw all, all the laundry out for everybody to hear, but at least right. he's acknowledging it helps me try to keep in that fight. Right. This is what I'm – This is what I'm. The, the, the biggest point I'm trying to make is this is what I'm scared of as a team. 
that these players then start checking out. Because we think we, we think it's bad. It's not bad. And so the players start checking out. We've seen what that is. We've seen this team. Right. Right. Okay, with players checked out. Right. That's what I'm saying. So Raider Nation, stay up, baby. Thank you, Eddie. I appreciate your call. And you're right. And that's what Lincoln, uh, you know, he he talked about. He said you don't want players to check out. And they could. They could start thinking about vacation and where they're going to go in the Bahamas. And Lincoln mentioned that. And we see a lot of teams do that where guys are just, okay, well, we're ready to get this thing wrapped up and uh, and call it a season. And so, no, you don't want them to do that. Uh, but, you know, the way that Coach McDaniels, as I was sitting there when he was asked, and I think Vinny asked him the question, and, and Vinny specifically was asking him about a player. He asked them about, you know, is there a player, is there growing frustrations with the players that may not be available? And then you see Vinny's piece come out a little bit later in the day talking about Darren Waller. So that was what Josh McDaniels was talking about when he said, well, I don't know the player or players that Derek Carr was ask, was talking about. You'd have to ask him. But this is what Josh McDaniels had to say in react to Derek Carr getting emotional at the podium when he had his breakdown, when he was talking about, you know, players not uh, doing everything that they can to get themselves on the field and all that. And again, didn't say any specifics, but this was his reaction to Derek Carr at the podium on Sunday. I appreciate it. Um, you know, and um, Derek cares a lot. Derek cares a lot. And, uh, you know, I think Devontae, you saw the same thing from Devontae, a little different, but um, two guys that care a lot and want to win. Um, put a lot into it, you know, and um, I think that's, that's just them, you know, sometimes the raw emotion of a leader is is a good thing to see, you know. Uh, you don't see that every day. So uh, I appreciate that, and I know how hard they work, how much they put into every week to try to do the best that they can to help us. Uh, it, it means a lot to them, you know, and I think we got a lot of guys like that. I really do. Uh, I know not every every guy goes to the podium and gets an opportunity to speak like that, but – I think we had a lot of guys that, you know, are disappointed in the result, but also a lot of guys that, you know, really, um, you know, have worked hard and, and banded together to try to put us in position to win some of these games. And we just, you know, we've fallen short, you know, and, and, uh, and that comes back to me. There's head coach Josh McDaniels, just his response right there. And, and again, not being argumentative, just saying that this was the response that he had to Derek Carr at the podium and him showing his emotions and uh, talking about he appreciates it. And, and I think that that's, that's good because you want players in your locker room, the guys that you look at as leaders, to you know, be emotional and, and know that they care. And Devontae did it in his own way. Derek did it in his own way. And I was okay with both ways. I, I thought that that was fine. And whether he was talking about – coaches whether he was talking about front office whether he was talking about players it, it just it let it be known where Derek stood right and you know that he wants to win games and coach McDaniels has said it many times that he's not a guy that's going to show a lot of you know he's not going to get angry he's not going to stomp up and down is that what he says he stomps up and down and holds his breath or throw a temper tantrum when he gets angry on the sideline when things don't go right he found out that that's not productive so his Overall reaction is probably not going to be the same as, you know, what you would see from some other folks. So, um, yeah, there you go. Eddie in L.A., thank you so much for that call, my man. It's great to hear from you. The Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award has been given out to Moapa Valley High School head coach Brent Lewis. And Brent has received the, the check for being the, the high school coach of the year. Uh, his team has, uh, you know, got the honors. It looks like that they're going a little bit of a tour, and we're trying to effort Head coach Brent Lewis from Moapa Valley. We're trying to effort him, and hopefully he'll be on this show next. We'll take a quick break, come back, and hopefully Brent Lewis will be in the booth with me. This is Rain Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 
It's getting down to the wire. We've got about 15 minutes left in today's show. We're at Allegiant Stadium, the Dave Hum broadcast booth, efforting head coach Brent Lewis from Moapa Valley High School. He is the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year. Just received a very large check. You know, the cool check that they give you when you win the lottery. Got the big check on the field, and uh, his players are walking around doing a little tour of Allegiant Stadium. So uh, I've been told that they are making their way to the elevator. So uh, we're going to go helter-skelter here the rest of the show. We're going to make this happen, man. I'm excited. I love this kind of uh, show, and I love this kind of interaction that we're going to have and can't wait to talk to head coach Brent Lewis. But right now, let's go out to London. Let's talk to Raider fan in London on the Raider Nation listening line. What's up, Raider fan? Not much, brother. How are you guys doing today? Hey, we're blessed. How are you? I'm not too bad. I usually listen to you guys when I'm at work. It kills a couple of hours. It's kind of amusing listening to the brothers and sisters of the Raider Nation have their say. Some of them are funny. Some of them, I don't know, they might need to go into therapy. But, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you off the hop, I've been a Raider fan for 55 years. I've seen good teams. I've seen great teams. And the one thing that's always got on with this one is they never do anything easy. But I knew... When I was talking to most of my Raider fans this year, that are friends of mine, I thought they'd go seven and ten. I thought we might even go six and eleven because it's a fifty-three man roster and you got rid of twenty guys right off the top of that lineup. It's not the same team that was there last year. It's all new coaches, and everybody seems to think that because you put a wide receiver that played together with a quarterback nine years ago, we were all going to be brilliant. And I have no doubt that that's going to happen, but that's going to take time. And you know, everybody thought when John Gruden got in here with his 10-year plan. Well, after five years, we're starting over again. And I knew when they signed these guys for three years, all these guys are three-year contracts, that they had a three-year plan. Right. And I have no doubt within the next year or so, we're, we are going to be a playoff team and we're going to be a great team. But everybody just needs to chill out a little bit and realize that Josh McDaniels is not an idiot. The man's going to figure out what he's doing. The new general manager is not an idiot. Mark Davis is an idiot. Isn't an idiot. So I'm going to put some faith in the owners and the guys that are running this thing and Realize that this year is going to be the year of trying to fix it because, like I say, 53-man roster, you got rid of almost 25 of those guys. It is not the same team. It's nowhere close, and everybody has to learn a new system, and everybody has to go off. Thank you so much for that call, Raider fan in London, man. I definitely appreciate you. And, hey, being a head coach isn't easy. Being a general manager isn't easy. Being an owner is not easy of anything, but uh, especially of a professional football team. But right now, I want to turn our attention as we are here at Allegiant Stadium. We're in the David Hum broadcast booth. I've been excited all day to be here because the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award was going to be announced. And Coach Brent Lewis joins us now from Wapa Valley. And, Coach, I'm excited. I've been holding this all day. <laughs> I've been excited. When did you find out that you were coach of the year? When I walked out onto the field right here just now, <laughs> man. So uh, Jordan just presented it to me. I'm blown away. This is awesome. Yeah, it really is. And I've been saying all day, like, I think that we're going to get coach on the show. I can't say who it is because he might be listening. And if he is, then the surprise will be ruined. But how cool was that to get presented with a, a, a big, huge lottery-style check in front of all your, uh, your, your, your t- uh, not teammates, but your players? Uh, I, you know, like I said, I'm blown away. Uh, I didn't expect it. Um, with me, uh, you know, we're coming off the loss, and so, uh, it, you know, we our kids had a great season, but certainly I didn't appreciate, or didn't didn't expect it because uh, we came off the loss. So right. Um, this I just mentioned to the you know the the Raider guys down there on the field that my senior class lost one football game their entire high school career. Wow. And it was last weekend. So right. Still stings a little bit. Still stings a little bit. But now, if I'm correct, you're preparing for the playoffs, right? I mean. No, that was our. That was we, it. That was it. We got oh, beat, so got that beaten. does sting even more. Yeah, we got beaten in the oh, semifinals. Man. And we had to go up and play Truckee High School up in. Uh, okay. Actually, a California school playing 
in Nevada. Right. Um, so they had to go out to Cali to try to find someone to beat you. That's <laughs> yeah. how, Well, I hate that for your senior class, but, I mean, what a run that they had. I mean, that's incredible. Absolutely. You yeah. know. We actually, you know, we got to win the state championship here in this building last season. I remember. Season. I was here. Yeah. So um, it was a great run for our kids. Going 11-0 up to there and then and then getting getting beat was tough. It's always um, going to be tough. So our kids took it hard. Um they're still not over. I know that for a fact. Well, hey, you know, that that's that's a tough thing. But, Coach, I say it all the time. I mean, this is also bonding. This is high school. You're, you're, you're helping raise men, right? And you're Absolutely. helping raise men into the community. So uh, even though it, it ends in a loss and you had the heck of a season, the friendships and the, the lifetime relationships that were born have got to be incredible. Oh, yeah. I mean, our, our kids start, you know, we live an hour north of here. Um, our kids start when they're in you know, Lily. Right, right. And it's funny. I was just telling there were other Raider guys down there that uh, every single uh, level was in the championship game this this past weekend. Right. Fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth nice. grade, all in the championship game. So it sets the foundation early for us out there, and uh, our guys will be back next year. I know they will. I, I have no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with head coach Brent Lewis from Wapa Valley, Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award recipient. My man DeMond's in the home studio. You can check him out here on the screen. He had a question for you. I'll just give you a warning. He's a corrupt guy, so he's Uh-oh. about to ask you a corrupt question. <laughs> Go ahead, DeMond. All right, Coach, I've got to ask. You guys beat Pahrump 7-6 to six back in September. Was that the hardest game of the season for you guys? I know you guys got the victory, but was that the hardest <laughs> fault victory? Make me feel good. Uh, you know what? I was very surprised that, that Pahrump wasn't there in the end because it was a very hard-fought game. Um, they, they play a very unique style of, of, of offense, with yeah. a little double-wing style, mm-hmm. and uh, we were – Fortunate enough to come out with the W over there because uh, they didn't get their two-point conversion and we were able to kick the extra point. So, see, and Demond, you're yeah. the guy that was supposed to. Uh, you're supposed to do all that. You're supposed to take care of that. <laughs> you didn't take care. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, don't don't make Demond feel too good. But he is a, a proud perumper, and uh, yeah, perumper. Hey man, I got to come up with some kind per-rumper. of title. I got to come up with something for you. What else do you want me to call you? <laughs> DeMond's in the home studio. We're here at Allegiant Stadium with Coach Brent Lewis, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award. What does it mean to you, Coach, to be a high school football coach? Because it's more than X's and O's. It's more than winning state championships. It's, again, going back to building relationships, helping raise young men in the community. What does it mean to you to be in that position? Well, you know, I've made it my life. It means everything to me because uh, uh, I, I was born and raised out in Moapa, mm-hmm. graduated from Moapa, and I've come back and has been the head coach there now 21 22 years so you know it's a lifestyle for me right uh my family has you know been a, a huge supporter of me and been you know allowed me to do this for so many years mm-hmm. um so you know when we when we go down and we lose a, a big game like this uh it's a community loss and right you know it it takes a it still stings coach i can see it still stings it still stings you know we, we were expecting to come back and practice this week yeah come back in here and right so, not being able to do that uh, sidestepped our plans a little bit. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I could tell how much it means to you. I know how much it means to the players. I mean, the passion obviously is there. How big is it that the Raiders are involved as much as they are in the community, the local? They don't just play here at Allegiant Stadium. They don't just practice in Henderson, but they're involved locally with the community in, in high school football as well. I think it's awesome. Um, the Raiders have stepped up in so many different ways, and uh, – and got the high school programs here in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, involved and uh, are an active participant. I think it's awesome. Um, the fact that down the road at the end of the season, this place is looming as the place where we're going to play our championship games. Right. It's, it's 
It's phenomenal. No other state has this. You know, I'm looking out and, and staring right down at the Raiders logo right, right. now. So, <laughs> I've been uh, saying it also. Like, this, man, this is a great angle. This is phenomenal. <laughs> you know, I don't know if other states can compete against this. No, I, look, I'll tell you, I was I spent a long time in Texas, and a lot of the state championship games are played in Jerry's World, and that's fine. But I mean, this is so state of the art and yeah. beautiful, and it's still brand new. So it's it is fantastic, and I love the fact that the state championship games, like last year, are going to be played here for years to come. How about that that high school football wall downstairs? Yeah, that's with all pretty, the helmets that's on it. Awesome. I I don't know if our kids got to go see that. I, I assume they did. Jordan, right? Uh, Jordan's gonna make sure it happens, right? You gonna make <laughs> take care of that, Jordan. All right, you got one job. <laughs> one job, Jordan. Jordan's like, why are you putting so much pressure on me, Cube? Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Uh, you know what a a symbol of high school football here in Nevada. And right, know, I've been a big part of this for you know my twenty seven year career. That's awesome. Um, Looking forward to a few opportunities to get back in here. No doubt. And so I got I got to ask, how what is the what does the timeline look like? I mean, I know the season's over; it came to a, a, a end before you wanted it to. But uh, how quickly are you itching to to get things rolling again? Are you, are you back in the lab coming up with some stuff? What are you doing? Well, you know, as a small school, all our kids are jumping right into other the sports. sports. So how, how important is that, Coach? Let me ask you that real quick. How important is that that they do play other sports? Because a lot, some people want players just to play one sport but i always was a firm believer that play as much as you can absolutely we encourage it um this morning the kids that play football that play basketball practice at five o'clock this morning so we mm. can come in and do this tonight right um so if we didn't have that kind of support we wouldn't we wouldn't be wearing we're at in the position we're at for football so um i i encourage my kids to go out and play those things and i go out and support them and uh hopefully we get our chance to get a hands on them in spring a little bit so right. they can prepare for the next year. I have no doubt. Again, I know when spring ball comes around, I know players get excited. I know, you know, when you start getting the pads again, you get excited about football. It just it just feels different. But uh coach, again, congratulations. Uh again, congratulations on a heck of a season. I know it didn't end the way you wanted it to, but uh still you guys had a heck of a run and and to be the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year uh award recipient. I think that that's great. So congratulations. Thank you and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, coach. I appreciate you. Again, congratulations. Congratulations, and congratulations to your team. And I have no doubt you guys will be right back here on this field uh, sooner rather than later, right? I hope so. I hope so. That's right. Well, Damon, there you go. You got anything else for Coach before I let him go? Uh, no, nah, man. We got to wrap it up, but that was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here at Allegiant Stadium. Again, the Dave Hum broadcast booth. Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy sit here each and every home game and broadcast. And this, there's not a better seat in the house. I could stay here for a little bit longer, but Jordan's going to kick me out, and that's okay. I, I've been here for a while. I'll, I'll wave my welcome. And uh, Coach is here, and he's going to go and enjoy the, uh, the rest of the stadium with his players and teammates and all that and excited about that and just a great place. And I'm, I'm so thankful for the Raiders to – allow us to uh, enjoy this venue and I just noticed coach yeah it says your name on the how big screen that? yeah how about that that's big time <laughs> <laughs> that's next level I got to take a picture of that it says congratulations coach Lewis coach of the year 2022 that is fantastic that's going to do it for us I'll be back in the home studio tomorrow right here 2 to 5 p.m. on Radio Nation Radio 920 have a good evening